We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. to get on a plane uh to head to sunny queensland which is not so sunny uh so i'm not that excited about the day um but i'm excited about the basketball as always uh there's been some pretty awesome games the last couple of days and i think we've got we've got a really cool show lined up today and i'm excited to talk about everything so uh yeah what about you doing well i'm doing okay i'm doing okay uh the the water it, it hasn't yet i mean it's some of it's in the house but um we we've got lots of towels um, but I did, I did as a kind of a, a startup, I don't want to bang on too much about this, but last night uh, I watched Winning Time, which is the, um, the new TV show that's about the Showtime Lakers. Um, it's on binge if you've got binge. It's well worth watching. As I was saying to you last night, it's kind of like the origin story of um, the NBA as we know it right now. There's all these little tidbits of, tidbits of people who pop up. Um, so if you haven't, didn't watch it, there's only one episode obviously premiering on Sunday night. Um, I would recommend that you go and watch it. It's lots of fun. Um, yeah, and as as NBA geeks as we are, you, you definitely enjoy it. Did you, you didn't watch it yet? I haven't watched it yet. I don't have a binge subscription. I have seven others, but not that one yet. So I'm uh, going <laughs> to sign up and get, uh, get, get that one yeah. sorted. I reckon get rid of your Disney Plus one. I know the kids love it, but too bad. And get some binge action. I think that's probably good. But um, let's go one-on-one, yeah? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so Cardi B and I are going to go one-on-one, which means we're going to ask each other NBA questions that might have a high focus right now. Uh, Ben, why don't you start us off? All right. uh, So I'm going to kick off today. Uh, You put your... You don't have it on, but if you put a Pelicans GM hat on right now and Zion is available to play, which the rumours are that he is, uh, are you playing him with, you know, 20-odd games to go in the season? Or are you just saying, look, uh, we'll save you for next season, even though you don't even know if he's going to be playing there next season because you didn't put him on the uh, season ticket holder promo for next year. So what are you doing with Zion? Uh, uh, short answer, you play Zion Williamson if you're Pelicans. If I'm the Pelicans GM and I've got Zion there and he's healthy, I mean, his health seems a bit of a a, um, a bit strange at the moment. I'm playing him because 
the Pelicans are an awesome team right now. Like they're a super fun team. They're they're on their way to catch the Lakers, um, which is just warms my soul. Um, it, it they're on their way to catch the Lakers. I think they're a couple of games behind the Lakers now to sort of take that seventh spot. Um, you know, they they've beaten some legitimate teams in the last couple of weeks. They beat the Jazz. They beat your Phoenix Suns. They beat uh, they beat the Lakers, and, and they they smashed the Raptors. Um, and so, you know, CJ, they're basically the transformation has come with CJ, who is actually playing better in New Orleans than he was in Portland. Um, statistically speaking, he's, he's firing at a better clip from three point line. Um, he's, he just looks better. He looks better. And I think given him kind of combo with Ingram, who's playing almost the same statistically Ingram's having the same year, but just looks like a better player, like has, has a bit more freedom. They've got lots of little like role play guys. Like I love Valentunas. Um, I love Herb Jones as a rookie. Um, I think he's he's and we'll talk about rookies later. Um, but I think if Zion's there, play him. See what happens. Put him in the lineup. Um, I mean, any game that I watched with Zion last year, he was a beast. He for last season, sorry, he was a beast. He was scary. There was a Celtics uh, New Orleans the overtime matchup where Zion basically destroyed Celtics from from the from the get go. So I'm playing Zion. I'm hoping that I can come out of the play-ins. I'm hoping that um, I can maybe see Phoenix and scare Phoenix a little bit. I don't know how you feel about that. I'll, I'll probably ask that question in a second. But um, also, if it's not Phoenix, then if it's Memphis, I love the Memphis versus New Orleans first round. It's Jar versus Zion. It's one and two. It's kind of the the undisputed rookie of the year versus, do you know what I mean? So I, I just, I kind of love that narrative for a storyline. So, but I mean, how would you feel knowing that you're coming up against this Pelicans team as a Phoenix fan uh, in the first round? I don't really want with, to play with, with Zion. Sorry. With, like, I mean, I don't want to play them. Valanciunas has always killed Phoenix. Uh, he's, <laughs> he kills us without him. And you add a Zion uh, last year, 61 games, 29, eight and four mm. on 61%. Uh, shooting if the guy was like as disciplined off the court as he in, is on the court he'd be like the best player on the in the game but he's not far from that uh yeah so i agree with you i'd i'd play him um i don't know what happens to him next year uh he he hadn't even i i was a bit surprised that he hadn't even texted uh cj mccullum at the all-star break to say welcome to the team so that kind of tells you how bored in he is so i don't know what you're going to get but yeah i don't want to yeah. play him i don't want to play him in the first round no, not at all. I mean, the weight thing is obviously a problem. It's quite young, though, right? So, um, you know, if he, yeah, I feel like if you can get it, if you can get that together, then it's a game changer, right? But also, um, yeah, you can't think about next season in response to this season when there's nowhere to go for New Orleans, right? Like they either they're playing in the playing tournament. I don't think that they can slip out as far as I can see. Because I, I'm basing that off the fact that Portland don't want to be in the playing tournament. They want to, they want those draft picks. So you know, I think New Orleans, like if he's there, let him play. If he gets hurt, he gets hurt. If he gets hurt, he's probably more likely to sign with New Orleans. Great. And if he doesn't get hurt and he plays awesome, then you know you've got a you've got a different sort of conversation to have with him at the end of the year. I just I don't think you can't play him. I think that that's that would be silly. So can I agree? Um yeah. But I love I guess my question now for you is related to that. Like if we look at what New Orleans are, the New Orleans are the product 
right now and probably the future product of what the Lakers aren't. So <laughs> I guess, and, and knowing that they basically have a whole, um, whole stash of Lakers picks in the next couple of years, um, what, what do the Lakers do right now? What is the, what is the play for the Lakers and, and what would you be doing if you were the Lakers GM, heaven forbid? <laughs> Uh, look, I think the Lakers, Trevor Ariza the other day when the crowd, when they got booed at crypto, um, Trevor Ariza thought that fighting the crowd was the way to, to, uh, to fix your season. And I think they should do more of that. Uh, I think that's the only way they're going to fix their season. But uh, look, to be clear, they're not falling out of the playing tournament. They're, they're three games up with less than 20 to play. Portland's chasing them. San Antonio's chasing them. I don't expect them to fall out. Uh, you, But you don't you you don't have a clear path here. I mean, LeBron dropping 56 the other night is just simply not sustainable. Um, he was the, he's the only player to drop uh, over 50 before 21 and after 35, right? You can't have this guy dropping 50 um, every night. Um, he's day-to-day against the Spurs today. Um, so, I mean, he might not play. Um, they need to win those games. And and I don't know, they can't wait for Davis to come back. I mean, it's another sort of uncertain, but another 10 days uh, made of glass is an expression that keeps coming up for him. He's missed so <laughs> many games. Um, but at, at the end of the day, this really doesn't matter. They can't win the championship. Uh, that's that's my take on it. Um, I think even with LeBron and Davis, they can't win the championship. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm thinking about like what am I doing next year? Uh, and that's you know for all the for all the stuff that goes on at the at, at Showtime Lakers, uh, it's um, it's now a bit of a it's now a bit of a, a kind of uh, soapbox as opposed to a, a Hollywood movie. And I think. Uh, it'll be a it'll be another it'll be a lost season for LeBron um, to end his career. Well, as he closes in on the end of the career, and I think that the front office is taking a lot of heat uh, for what happened. But I mean, this should really sit with LeBron um, bringing Westbrook in. It was the wrong move. They they cleared out um, role players that they need right now. And so uh, my my kind of question, if I'm the Lakers GM, is like, what do I do in the off season? I've got I, do I trade Westbrook? He's in the last year of an expiring. Maybe I'll be able to flip him for something. Um, I've got a, I've got LeBron due a $90 million two-year extension in August. Like, do I give that to him? Um, it just, it, and so I think for the Lakers, if I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm probably shutting it down. I don't think they will, but it, I think you probably have to look at it and say, look, we shut it down. Uh, and if I'm a, and if I'm a betting man, I'm, I'm betting on a first round exit. Um, what about you? Do you agree? Disagree? Uh, yeah, look, I don't want this to be a LeBron bash fest, so we both, we both feel a certain way about LeBron. Um, but you're right about AD. Uh, you know, my rule in fantasy basketball is never trade for the guy who can't stay on the court. And that's AD, that's AD man. He's, he's a poison pill sometimes. Um, they've got some young guys. They've got some young guys like Austin Reeves, really good. Um, so, you know, do you run those guys out? Um, you know, playing, as I mentioned at the top, is like playing Russell Westbrook off the bench. Like, is that going to change anything? Um, I don't know if Russell Westbrook fits in that system. I do want to say, though, I'm buying all the Russell Westbrook stock, though. It, he's, he's selling so low now, and I don't think, I really don't think he's that bad of a player. I don't, he's not Rudy Gay, you know, when Toronto got rid of, when Toronto traded for him. He's not there yet. I still think, if he's on a like a team like the Knicks, if he's on man, even if he's on the Kings, the Wizards, like some 
any, anyone, anybody who can let Russell Westbrook free Russell Westbrook is not a bad thing. If you've got a really crap team, you know, look at that. So I, I'm not, I'm buying some of that Westbrook stock. Um, I'm not saying I'm buying it because I think he can win you a championship. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like people are so out on him. And I just don't think, I think he doesn't work in this latest system, but we've seen him in Houston and Washington be really good, like get teams to the playoffs. And if that's what you want to do, then have a go. Um, so that, that's my, my first thought about the Lakers. My second thought being like, I don't really care what they do. Uh, to be honest, like they could do whatever they want. Um, I think anybody that they feed, meet in, if they get through the play-in, if they meet Phoenix, I think Phoenix could make them look silly. Um, I think a Lakers-Memphis a first round could actually work similar to like a WWE-style um, storyline because, you know, the couple of, was that a couple of weeks ago, Dylan Brooks was calling out the Lakers and um, I love that. I, I want more of that. So if that's a first rounder, then I'm definitely watching that. Um, we are poorer as NBA fans to not see a LeBron or Lakers playoffs happen. Uh, and I think last year was a perfect example of that. Phoenix constantly getting thrown up against, well, the Lakers didn't have AD. Like everyone was looking at Phoenix's run to the final saying, well, the Lakers didn't have AD, so it doesn't count as an asterisk. And so I think we're poorer for that, but I, I don't really care what they do. I don't think they could make even the second round. So, yeah. Well, I, 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 it leads well into our next question, which is uh, we talk a lot about the Lakers. So um, yeah. we, we want to talk about some teams that we don't always talk about and potentially you we have do. one. You have one that could be a Russell Westbrook destination next year. Uh, <laughs> no, so, so I'll let you. So, who, who, who are you talking about that we're not normally talking about? It is the Pistons of Detroit. Um, currently, <laughs> currently the uh, the Pistons um, they're sitting at um, what, are, what are they sitting at? At the moment, they're sitting on seventeen and forty-seven. Um, so, you know, not a not a great storyline. And the reason that we don't talk about these teams is because they're bad generally, but I think there's high upside for the Pistons. So I, again, if I'm buying Westbrook stock, I'm also buying um, Pistons stock. And why am I buying Pistons stock? Uh, I like Dwayne Casey as a coach. I think he's no BS. I like that he has a look on his face. Like he's constantly eating lemons, like that. He's just totally PO'd all the time. I love that look circa Doc Rivers, 2008. Please give me more of that. Um, and this Pistons team, they're like shades of bad boy pistons. They are big. They are angry. They are. They all look really, really pissed off. Um, case in point, Isaiah Stewart moving through multiple players to try to beat the hell out of LeBron, like Marshawn Lynch. Like that was. That is. That that is. That is what this um, this Pistons team are. You know, they've got just got lots of size. Sadiq Bay is is a pretty awesome player. Um, has a good three point shot. But, you know, th this starting lineup is huge. Sadiq Bay, 6'7". Isaiah Stewart, 6'8". Killian Hayes, 6'5". Kate Cunningham, 6'6". Jeremy Grant, 6'8". They're massive. They have a massive starting lineup. So they could be a really, um, a, a really big defensive team. Uh, but, you know, there's so many other things that need to come into play. And one of them needs to be Kate Cunningham. He, he can obviously be the, the fulcrum of this team. Um, you know, I'm watching him in the last couple of games because I've been thinking about them. Um, uh, one more point that I will say is um, they have some a draft pick coming their way, basically, because they're quite rubbish. 
So I'm really excited to see what this team can look like next year. I think um, I also really like Killian Hayes. So I think um, if they can get what a bit of production out of Killian Hayes, then uh, that'll be really useful. And so, yeah, I mean, do you have any thoughts on Detroit? Uh, I, do, I don't. I haven't spent a whole lot of time on Detroit uh, this year, I must admit. Um, I think that uh, they have some nice pieces. Uh, they have uh, a few players that you would want on your team uh, at some point. Um, but I think that they're probably a couple of years away from competing again. But Detroit's a cool city, right? And, and, and in terms of basketball city. And so I think that the people get behind it, uh, which, is, which is important in that arena. And so I think they're always relevant. Uh, in in the NBA landscape, maybe not on the court all the time, but Detroit is just a one of those cities that you're kind of rooting for as a basketball fan. So I I would love to see like that young core grow together and and turn turn it into something good. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like hopefully in the next five years, we're talking about them as a top tier playoff team, and we're talking about Cade the same way we talk about you know some of these other first round picks. Um, okay, so what about you? What's the team? that we're not talking about, but you want to talk about? Well, I think the reason that Dwayne Casey is still upset is because he got booted out of Toronto <laughs> after winning the coach of the year. Uh, so I'm going to go with Toronto. Um, they were my league pass team this year, and I must say I haven't watched them as much as I wanted, as in I wanted to watch a lot of them because of the makeup of the team. And so currently seventh um, in the East, seven games out, uh, sorry, three games out from the Cavs, but the Cavs lost Jared Allen yesterday, uh, which could have a huge impact for them. Um, now, they've got two and a half games on three teams below them, uh, which uh, Brooklyn is one of, so you would expect that they're kind of not going to make that push for six, but they'll definitely be in the play-in. Um, so I'm going to say a lock for the play-in, um, probably a first-round loss if I'm being future, if I'm being serious, but um, the injuries have really hurt them a lot. So I think they've lost three after the All-Star game. Uh, Van Vliet and um, OG Ananobi are out. Um, and But I love the future there, and I think um, future is bright. You've got um, Siakam, who's still learning. You've got Barnes, who's, like, bloody great and was amazing against Mobley the other day. Um, we'll talk about rookies in a sec, but he had 19, 12, 6, and 3 steals, and uh, there was an N1 play at the, towards the end of the game, which was like amazing and love that kid. Uh, always love Precious Sure, just mainly because of his name. I think it's really cool. Uh, but I love the energy that he brings to the court. And um, I think someone like Flynn, uh, who is out indefinitely at the moment, but he was great with Van Vliet out as well. But now he's gone down too. So I think they exercise the option on him and they keep him around. But really the story of Toronto is Van Vliet. Um, first undrafted all-star, bet on himself. One of the best facts I found when I was researching him was that he got drunk on draft night because he loves a beer and he or he loves a drink. And he decided that um, with 100 of his favorite people around who had been there to watch him get drafted, he knows we'll get drunk because he didn't get drafted. And so um, one of the things was that he could have got drafted in the second round, um, but he, he made it clear that he wanted to bet on himself and be a free agent. So um, I, cool story. Um, watching them is great. Uh, I just haven't seen enough of them on the court together because of injuries this year, but a lot of teams have been that way. So I think for me, Toronto is fun. Uh, have you watched much Toronto? Do you, what do you think about them? Yes. So I have watched a lot more Toronto than I... Actually, it's one of the teams that I watch a lot of because they are in the same conference as the Celtics. So, um, sorry, division as the Celtics. Um, I, I really like them. 
I like them because I like Nick Nurse. Um, every interview I've seen with Nick Nurse, he seems like the kind of coach that makes his players believe in any system that he has. Um, I really like Gary Trent. Uh, he must be really frustrating to have as a player, but I think he was like a really good addition for them. Um, but they've got a Van Vliet, Trent, Barnes, Siakam and Boucher lineup that's really, really good um, and could go toe-to-toe with like a Boston um, or even, um, I don't want to say Brooklyn because how healthy it is, but um, maybe even Miami that I would be like, it would be a really good matchup. They played the other day and it was an awesome matchup. So, um, but I'm right there with you. Definitely a team that always never, that never gets spoken about probably the most underrated champion that we've had in the last 20 years. That's like, nobody kind of still even recognizes. So, um, you know, it, I'm there with you on Fred as well. So no, yeah, better, I love them. no better place than I think a playoff game in Jurassic park, which is the area outside of the Toronto arena for anyone that hasn't yeah. seen it. I mean, that, like if you were putting your places to watch sport, like, outside of the arena in Toronto in Jurassic Park would be one of them because their crowd yep. looks mental. So, uh, yeah, yeah cool, cool team and some uh, so it's a, a young team that will, I think, you know, again, like Detroit will probably be pretty good in the next couple of years. Yeah, and it, it, like you said about Siakam, he, he's turned the corner this season just before the All-Star break. And, um, yeah, they can be scary when they want to. I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. So this is our M1 section. Each week we we throw a bet out there. we're going to have the bet running for the year because we don't want it to be week, just week to week. So um, this week we're going to look at the rookies because there's a lot of talk about the rookies and the rookie of the year. So what we thought we'd do is uh, redraft the rookie class to try and get a rookie of the year. Um, we'll only do three picks each. Uh, you, you can have a quick chat about why you drafted them uh, and, and give your reasons. And then the bet would be uh, rookie of the year, obviously, but we want to, take uh votes in terms of it, if if Barnes or Mobley was to win the rookie of the year two people we've already talked about today uh what would that uh that wouldn't be the winner of the bet it's actually the cumulative of the votes that they got for first second third place so we will have to do some research ourselves and see who is the overall winner of this bet rather than just being the one player so I'm going to give you the first pick uh and kind of- you might surprise me I will 100% surprise you. And it comes as no surprise because I've watched so much of this team that I'm going to take Scotty Barnes, number one, um, which I did really struggle with this. And I was laughing about this the other day, but um, I, I haven't watched enough Mobley. I think Mobley is one of those guys who I watch and I won't steal your thunder. I'm assuming you're going to take him second, but um, where I watch Barnes and Barnes is like NBA ready. Like uh, Scotty Barnes to me was ready for the NBA the second he hit the court. Toronto have started him every single game. Um, he is really aggressive. Like he is not passive at all. He's on the court. He's aggressive. He's surrounded by other players who also seem to believe in him. Um, he has a coach who he seems to be believing in. 
And, you know, we're all about joy at this podcast. And he looks like he, he has fun playing basketball. He has this wicked long smile, like Treshier cat smile. Um, I just love him. I mean, I can give you, I can list off a whole bunch of stats about him. I had a look at his on-offs, but it's, it's easy to see that Toronto are winning games and they have somebody who's only played 50-odd games of basketball in a lot of their lineups and they're winning. So I think winning and coming into a team that's not necessarily fully formed yet, but still making them win to me is, is why I picked Scotty Barnes. Um, and yeah, you should see his basketball reference photo. It's a big smile and he's very happy to be playing basketball. <laughs> um, so yeah, you go number two. Good locker room guy. Uh, yeah, you did surprise me because um, I'm taking Mobley. Uh, drafted number three. Uh, leader for, uh, I, I say leader, but uh, I think a team that has been kind of ravaged by injury, really. They When you look through the Cavs lineup, they've, they've had a lot of players go down for the year, Sexton and Rubio. Uh, and then they played this, this big man lineup with uh, Allen and Mobley and Markinen, and it's just worked. And I think the reason that I would take uh, Mobley is because on the court, you know he's on the court because he looks so mm. different to every other player. Like there's a there's a bit of Garnett about him, like early Garnett with those like really long yeah. arms and and uh, throwing that around like really. Well, oh, I mean, let's, let's see. I mean, he, he's he's you know a, a, a freakish talent and a, and a, I think you always look for someone that just you know they're on the court. And so for me. Um, he needs to step up a little bit over the next couple of weeks, especially with uh, Alan going down. So that'll be the real test. Yeah. Um, averaging 15, 8 and 3, I mean, like everyone knew he was going to be good. Um, I don't know if anyone knew he was going to be as good as he looks. So I'm, I'm, taking, uh, I'm taking Mobley 2 and that will leave you number 3. It will leave me number 3. Uh, Evan Mobley, high ceiling, right? like really, really high ceiling, hasn't hit it yet. So I, I think that's why it's good to take him. I think you, you're thinking about this long-term. I'm thinking a bit short-term, so that's my thoughts. Um, well, look, I'm going to take Cade. Uh, we talked about Cade uh, before. You know, there's there's not too much else to say about him. Um, I don't think he's really hit where Detroit want him to. We talked about this in the All-Star podcast a couple of weeks ago, but he's such a cool customer, right? So I like that about him. He doesn't seem phased by the moment, um, overwhelmed by it. Now, let's just remember that Detroit have had not many moments. So, um, but, you know, I watched him in that Celtics game a couple of weeks ago. I watched him in the All-Star game and he, he looked like he was really enjoying himself in those clutch moments. And so what more can you ask for? So that's my, my thoughts on Cade. All right. Uh, I'm going to take with my second pick. I'm going to take the man that would be very un Australian of me not to take, uh, who is Giddy. Uh, so, drafted number six. And I remember I was where I was sitting when they drafted him. I was watching the draft on the floor, packing up some <laughs> cards actually. And they said, Giddy number, Josh Giddy number six. And I was like, what? That was a real surprise. No one expected him to go as high as he did. No, um, not at all. He. I was reading an interesting article about him um, earlier as well about the fact that he was a ruckman in the AFL um, and he had a choice whether to play ruckman or go to the NBA and obviously dollars-wise he made the right choice without a doubt. Uh, we'll just throw it out there but the kid's been amazing this year. Um, youngest ever player to record a triple-double in both the NBA and the NBL. Um, had three triple-doubles in a row recently. Um, 
downside for him this year is that he's now injured, which is OKC's way of saying you are playing far too good and we need to tank more and more and more. So you'll not be playing <laughs> anymore this year. So averaging 12, 8 and 6 probably could be shut down for the year. I don't know. Um, has formed a really nice uh, um, combination with Shea. And so I think uh, we've got to be excited as a Australian watching basketball, uh, for sure, but also as an OKC fan, um, you love what they've got to do together. So he'd be my number two. So, yeah, who's your next? My next. Look, I'm, uh, I think we're getting to that sort of the sticky end. Um, I'm going to curve for you a little bit, and, and I mentioned this guy before. Um, in place for New Orleans, um, the, the young man is named is Herbert Jones. Um, now, <laughs> he went in the second round for the draft, but uh, has started 52 games for a New Orleans team that's been there. But, um, and I only really found out about him because I picked him up in my fantasy squad and he went bananas when BI was um, injured. But he's been really good. He's got some good kind of off-ball numbers. Like he's, he's basically, basically kind of guarantee almost two steals from him a night. Um, you know, he's, he's just a solid role player. And I had a choice between him and another player, I guess, in, in the form of Franz Wagner. Um, but I like Herb Jones's um, upside as a long-term, long-career kind of guy. So probably won't get too many Rookie of the Year votes. You never know. But um, I think if you've got a guy like Herb Jones on your team, you're looking and you're staring down the next five years with him and you're like, yeah, that's cool. Like, he's going to do exactly what we need him to do, which is all the gritty, grindy stuff that, you know, guys like Cade and, and, and these other players, they don't want to do that stuff. So um, that's why I'm taking Herb Jones. Have you seen much Herbert Jones? I haven't. I haven't. I've heard a lot about him. There's a lot of uh, Kevin O'Connor on the ringer loves Herb Jones yep. and, and talks a lot about him. So uh, big motor, big upside uh, will yep. be the guy that like will be in the league for 10 or 12 years for sure. Yeah. Like, just sure. plays with super, super energetic um, in the bits that I've seen him. And, and as you say, when, when the players went down for the Pelicans, they it really stepped up. So um, I think it's just an amazing rookie class when you start to look at the names yeah. that we're picking from. Uh, and, yep. and the fact that like, uh, go into my pick, but um, like Wagner has been good for the Magic, and but I probably wouldn't take him over. Um, I had two picks here, I couldn't really decide, but I went with um, uh, Dezumu uh, for the Bulls. Uh, Ayo, Ayo, is that how I say it? Ayo, Dezumu, Ayo, Dezumu, yeah, Dezumu, yeah, uh, been amazing this year. Emergency backup, it probably doesn't get the minutes he does, uh, without the injuries to Caruso on ball, um, but like averaging like eight, three and three. So not blowing the world apart, but um, has had some games where he's double digit assists for a guy that was drafted 38, like obviously left mm. on the table and should have gone earlier and the, uh, the Bulls, the Bulls picked him up. So he would be my third. Uh, I don't know how many, to your point about Jones, I don't know how many rookie of the year votes he gets, but it, like if you're drafting him, he's a top 10 draft pick now without a doubt. Oh, he's a lottery pick anyway. Um, and then the other one who I didn't mention uh, was my man who I think is going to be the guy that we look back on in years, and that's Kamenga. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to be like, how did this guy not go, you know, top three? Um, he's going to be amazing. So uh, he's the other one that I was a bit umming and ahhing about. And probably if he doesn't yeah. come Golden State, he's, he's playing like 25 minutes a game and averaging 30 points like for the Magic or whoever. Um, yeah. So yeah. Any other thoughts yeah, on yeah. other rookies? I guess we kind of left out Jalen Green. 
probably more of a product of the, the way that the Rockets are playing. Yep. Um, we didn't give much love to to Suggs, Suggs. Um, or Davion Mitchell or even Zaire Williams, who has been really good for the Memphis off the bench. Yep. So again, to your point, like there is some serious talent in this rookie class. I think we'll probably look back on this rookie class that way and, and see not just players who are all-stars, but players who um, actually came in and made a difference in their team. I mean, we just rattled off a few of them. Um, and so I, I totally agree with you on that point. Uh, it's the it's the rookie class that we and and next year's supposed to be better. So exciting for NBA fans for sure. Seconds, Bryant for the win. It's time for garbage time. That's fine. <laughs> so last week we spoke about some some murderous Mark Jackson cards. Um, I believe it was the Menendez brothers was what Menendez. I got told. Is that that's it? Is that, is that the name? So yep. um, props to to one of my mates who kind of called that out. Um, and, and sent me some articles about it. So that was fantastic. Did you get any DMs, anybody offering you Mark Jackson cards? I mean, am I fooling myself into thinking lots of people listen to this podcast or did you get anything about that? Oh, hundreds, hundreds. I didn't stop all day. <laughs> uh, so thanks to everyone that reached out uh, to, to sell me their Mark Jackson cards. I have a great collection that's up on the wall. Um, so I probably don't need any more. But uh, no, look, uh, there wasn't too many Mark Jackson card requests this week. Uh, so um, we we will continue to collect Mark Jackson cards in the future. Yep. And so do you have any fun garbage time card stories for us? Of course, always. A um, couple this week too. Well, two. One, one was pretty amazing uh, that I saw yesterday on our Facebook group. Uh, there's um, two Jordan rookie cards uh, that are for sale um, in uh, the BGS 9.5. So they're the highest rated cards in Australia. Oh. Um, according to the seller, I can't I can't verify this, but um, he's selling the, he's selling the two cards for seventy five thousand. Which um, oh. just to give people a perspective, like what a, what that what that kind of card goes for, like seventy five k cash, no no exchange. He's going to hand deliver them, so uh, you know that's nice. Uh, but like to give people a perspective about yeah the value of these cards, um, that that's for sale at the moment. So and to be honest, I think. Uh, the, there's been a bit of a crypto crunch uh, last couple couple of weeks, and so it probably takes away some of the people that would buy that. But there is people out there that would pay that kind of money for cards, which is crazy. But that leads me to another story, which was uh, there was a, a Wagner card, um, or Wagner, I think it was probably Wagner back in the day, but there was the original, uh, an original tobacco card, um, tobacco, tobacco card um, that was available um, back in, uh, I think it was, late 80, 18, late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, mm. And it was a card that um, right now is the card that uh, is the highest sale, which is at 6.6 .6 million that card sold for. The, the, the really interesting thing this week was there was one that was sold. Um, and, I, and I don't know if you've had a look at this card, Luke, but it's one of the, it's one of the original PSA uh, cards and it's 00002. And the wow. card itself is basically just maybe right down the middle. two thirds of the card left. Um, wow, and, that's amazing! And it sold for five hundred thousand US earlier, late last month. Um, and so the the money is like, if you had half a million dollars to buy something, would you buy this card? I guess is the question um, that I would be asking myself. My answer to that is no. 
but I think if I had lots of half a million dollars, then it's only just half a million dollars, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, 475,000 for a damaged Wagner card um, sold at auction. So um, yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, <laughs> I see you shaking your head. I just, I, the look of the card is so bad and we can chuck it in the show link, the, in the show notes, links in the show notes, but it looks like something you would give your toddler to be like, here, just play with this. Yeah. And it's not, it's half a million dollars and it's kind of ridiculous. It's very, very ridiculous. So um, it's, there's only 60 of them known in the world that are graded. Uh, and as I say, it's the, it's the highest selling card. Uh, other card news this week, uh, there's a release on Friday, which is from a product called Origins, which uh, sells really, really well. And so that'll be a really high-end product, um, especially with the rookie class that we're talking about. So uh, anyone who's looking at investing, you know, pick up a box of Origin, put them away in your cupboard and sell them in a couple of years. Uh, I'd probably make some money off it. I was going to ask you quickly about um, fantasy tanking, but you know what? I might save it for next week. I, I might I might be leading up to something um, about that because our obviously our fantasy league is coming to the end of the regular season. I think we've got two more weeks left and then we start our finals. So um, I might save my question about fantasy tanking, um, which you're doing just so I can tell everybody that you're still tanking. Um, I'm still in the running for the championship, much like my beloved Celtics. Um, but yeah, I think we might save it for next. So um, well, we're playing each other this week, so I will be sure not to tank. Uh, I'll set my lineup. So uh, make sure that I, I'm currently uh, 14 points behind you. So it's game on, game on. It, it is, I mean, the game started only not that long ago, but you, you would be, you would be hard pressed to beat the central coast neck tattoos. That's for sure. So I'll, I'll, We'll, we'll give you guys an update next week. On Miller, McKee gets it in the middle for the win. It is that time. Uh, we're at the buzzer. Uh, I'm going to give you 24 seconds, Ben, to rattle off some some NBA stuff. Um, and then when you hear the buzzer, you're done. So just go. Things maybe peer plays you like, um, storylines that are interesting. Um, are you ready? Your 24 seconds starts right now so the reggie and russ trip over uh, crossover if you haven't seen that go and watch that because i couldn't like two players less and i love the fact that they were beating each other up uh i think the warriors are in trouble they need to they need draymond green back apparently he's back on the 14th of march and i feel like we should finish at the buzzer with a cam johnson tribute yes we can uh six three-pointers including the game winner against new york amazing uh love the kid and that's my time, but like if you haven't seen that, watch the Instagram of that of that clip. So love it. They're my three. <laughs> that was excellent. That was excellent. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I'll do next week's one. You're so not gonna give yourself. Tw- you're not gonna give yourself twenty. Give yourself twenty four seconds. Go on. Give yourself twenty four seconds. Twenty four seconds. Twenty four right. seconds. Uh, I. Your time starts. <laughs> <laughs> Ready? I'm going to use my whole 24 seconds to talk about how excited I was watching the Celtics beat the Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Nets. It Go. was the hi- <laughs> it was the highlight of the start of my week. Um, Tatum just went bananas. First player since Larry Bird to have multiple 50 point games. Uh, Marcus Smart was doing his thing. Jalen Brown hit this clutch three pointer that had me in the kitchen screaming in front of the kids. 
And so I, I just, I love my Celtics right now and I hope we go deep and I love Jason Tatum and I dislike Kyrie Irving. <laughs> I love it. One more dig before you go. I love it. Jordan, open, Chicago with the lead. All right, we found our way to the end of the pod. Uh, thanks to those that have listened all the way through. Uh, Backyard, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. You too. Uh, enjoy your sport for another week. Uh, follow good people and make sure you catch some of the new podcasts on, on the Sports Bands Friends Network, especially the NRL stuff that's starting uh, over the last couple of weeks and, and more coming out soon. So uh, see you later, friends. Peace out. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people. I really wish I didn't say peace out at the end. (laughs) Peace out.